the value of investments can fall as well as rise and losses may be made. Welcome to this 91 Investment Views 2023 podcast. With me is Nazmira Muller, Chief Sustainability Officer at 91, and we're going to talk about sustainability and the EM transition finance movement. Now, Nazmira, it says here, much earlier in the year, Bloomberg forecast that ESG assets might rise to over $40 trillion in 2022. That's a staggering number. That's a big chunk of the world's investment capital. However, while that sounds encouraging, CO2 is also on the rise. How would you describe the growth in sustainable investing and how will it progress from here, do you think? I think sustainable investing is conflating a number of different issues, Lindsay, and that's where the big number comes from and the confusion around how is this actually having impact. So the first step is ESG integration, and that accounts for the bulk of the assets. The second bit is where funds seek to have positive impact. And that's a much smaller chunk of that great big number you put out. Okay, so there are sectors within that 40 trillion. So not all of that 40 trillion is created equally. What about green strategies? A lot of people wrap up green strategies, put it in their annual report and think they've done the right thing. But how many of those strategies are actually addressing real world problems, do you think? I think to use your phrasing, not all green strategies are created equal either. So there are strategies where the impact will be very visible, will be very direct with every investment in terms of carbon mitigation or carbon reduced. But there are other strategies where there's a green screen applied and essentially the investment may be in an emissions light industry or may not be doing any significant harm. And then that is also labeled green, which has a much lower impact. 91 is a pioneer in this regard when it comes to sustainable investing, ESG. You want to be known for sustainability with substance. What does that mean? That means that where we label an investment sustainable or a fund sustainable, we set a pretty high bar. And it means that we are able to measure the positive impact for each investment that we label sustainable. Currently, we assess this in terms of carbon avoided, carbon mitigated, but we're also growing our range of sustainability metrics to include factors like financial inclusion and other areas. One of your initiatives at 91 is your Planetary Pulse Research, and you've just launched the latest one of those initiatives. And this year, the research covered 300 asset owners around the globe and centered on transition finance. What is it you really wanted to understand and how would you describe your initial findings? In other words, what did those 300 asset owners say? So what we found in Planetary Pulse is that the vast majority of the asset owners surveyed thought that climate was important. Also, interestingly, most of them thought that investing in support to the EM transition was important. However, only 16% said that they were actually doing some sort of investment that could qualify as supporting the EM transition at this point in time. So a big disjoint between what people wanted to do and what they were actually doing. It's very interesting. And is there a disconnect between what people say to the asset owners, you know, the boardroom, they say, we need to do this firstly, because it's good. It's good for the planet. And secondly, because it's good for potential shareholders who might shun us if we don't do it. But is there a disconnect between the two entities, i.e. the people that tell the boardroom what to do and what the boardroom actually does? I don't think it's necessarily that. I don't think it's advice versus decision making. I think it's more about mechanisms to execute. 
So this is a relatively new area. There's a lack of familiarity often, so people are scared to move too quickly. But more than that, I don't think there are many vehicles available for investors to invest in the emerging market climate transition at this point in time. So there's also an element of the development of vehicles. But the last bit, there will be some elements in what you said, Lindsay, is, is the last bits will be around getting people comfortable enough to actually pull the trigger and invest. And I think there's still some work to be done on the last bit. Okay, work to be done and many more years of work to be done, I would imagine. But what are your expectations in the short term? And when I say the short term, in 2023. And also, a second part of that question is, with a looming recession, according to some people, does that affect the sustainability movement at all? So I think in terms of support for the emerging market transition, I expect that to continue to gain traction. I think what we saw at the back end of last year from COP26 in Glasgow was the general acceptance that there was a need for developed markets to help fund the emerging market transition. Unfortunately, the corollary to that that many investors seem to take was that the bulk of that funding would need to be concessional. I think there is a slow dawning realization that maybe that is not entirely true, that there is a good chunk of that transition that can be commercially funded, supporting private sector companies in emerging markets. And I'm hopeful that that realization will continue to grow and that will make the direction of money into that transition much easier to do. That's one side of it. The other is I think the recession is going to raise questions around how do we prioritize, how do we deal with high energy prices at this point in time, and therefore it could slow the shift to sustainability in the short term, but in the medium term, I think it remains very much intact. Nesmira, thanks so much for your insight. Nesmira Muller is Chief Sustainability Officer at 91, based in Cape Town. This podcast is a marketing communication and is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is not an invitation to make an investment and should not be construed as advice. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of 91. In South Africa, 91 is an authorised financial services provider.